Hello, hello. This is Katie from Voices Through Avalon podcast. I am here with my counterpart, Sharon Fincher. Good morning, everybody. And we are here with the lovely Kate Bryan, founder and CEO of One Girl Revolution. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. We really appreciate you coming to be on our podcast, and we're excited to hear more about One Girl Revolution. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So One Girl Revolution is based right here in Detroit, in Corktown, and it started out as a little podcast, a little heart dream. My background's in PR and media, and I felt like there were so many stories of women and girls that weren't being told by the media. And so about two and a half years ago, I started a podcast and thought that would be a great way to elevate voices, which is exactly what you're doing here on your podcast. And then it's just continued to grow. So it started out as a podcast. Now I have 130 episodes of the podcast. Wow. All different stories, all different ages, all different places across the U.S. I focus on American women because I feel like we oftentimes hear a lot of stories about women making a difference around the world, but we don't hear about our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Many of them are Detroit women, but then uh, also all across the country. And then the podcast has evolved into now a documentary. So we have a short documentary called The Girl Inside, which was just nominated for an Emmy Award, which is incredible. Thank you. And then um, there's a lot of things in the work. So we'll see where it goes. But One Girl Revolution just continues to, to grow as a platform. And um, I'm just trying to find different ways to tell these stories. Um, what were some of like the tell me a little bit about like when you first started One Girl Revolution? Um, how did you make your idea happen? What were some of the challenges that you came across, you know, trying to build the podcast? Yeah, I when I first started it, I actually I had had this idea for one girl revolution, like the number one, I think is so important when you think about the power of one person that we all have the power to make a difference in the world. But I never really knew what it was. So I'd kind of like, it had percolated for a while, what should one girl revolution be? And then I was reading uh, a book by Charlie LaDuff. Anybody in Detroit would know about Charlie LaDuff. And he wrote this book about Detroit. And I came across the two phrases on Detroit's flag. Uh, It will rise from the ashes and there is always hope. And at that moment, I was like, this is what it's supposed to be. It's like women are the embodiment of those two phrases. And really, you could say everybody is is the embodiment of those two phrases. But I just see so much resilience in women. um, And that no matter what they've been through, no matter what they're going through, um, they can rise above it and then they can change the trajectory of not only their lives, but their children and their children's children. Um, and so when I had started it, it just, I kind of ha- didn't really know, didn't really have like a map because I didn't know anybody who had a podcast, but I thought, well, if I could just record five or 10 episodes, that's a start. Mm-hmm. And anybody who's in the podcast world, they know that the majority of people that record podcasts, they do seven episodes It's too much work, and so then they stop. Mm -hmm. But I felt like, well, okay, if I could get to 10, that will just be – that'll be better than the majority of people, and then we'll see where it goes. And even if it's 10 episodes – that's 10 stories that weren't told um, mm-hmm. by the media or weren't previously told in in this way. And so it definitely was a struggle because I had no roadmap, but I think it also was really beautiful that I didn't have a roadmap. So I literally, over the past two and a half years, have been putting one foot in front of the other and figuring it out as I go. Um, I started out with 10 episodes, but then kept finding different stories and cold calling people and reaching out mm-hmm. to them on Instagram and finding stories that just inspired me. And I thought if they inspired me, they could inspire other people. Um, And then when the documentary kind of aspect started, that was a whole nother can of worms because 
I had no funding. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what I was doing and then had stumbled upon this story of a professor that taught storytelling to Mm -hmm. incarcerated women at Cook County Jail. And um, thankfully, I have a friend who has a production company and he was like, hey, if you ever find a story that you think needs to be told via film, let us know. And two days later, I called him and said, hey, if I could get clearance to go into Cook County Jail... (laughs) would you do it? And he burst out laughing. He was like, you're not going to get clearance. But then thankfully we did. And so I think that's all to say that there have been a lot of hurdles that I've had to jump over. But sometimes it's just one day at a time and literally kind of taking it one step at a time. How do you um, find the people that you put in your stories? I know I know we're, we're talking about the jail, so um, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of obvious. But, yeah. Um, the other stories that you've chosen for the podcast, like how do you find the people? It's a great question. I found them so many different ways. So sometimes it's just I'll see something on Facebook or Instagram. And I think that's the power, the beautiful power of social media. We can talk about the negative side uh, as well. But I've seen so much power in that, that people have shared their stories and then I just stumble upon them. Uh, I've had friends that have sent stories in. People that listen to the podcast will send stories in. And sometimes they don't fit exactly what I'm looking for. I, I get a lot of times where people will send in like, girl boss stories, you know, female business owners, which is great. They're one girl revolutions in their own right. But I'm always looking for that kind of cultural impact or community impact that they're giving back in some capacity, even if they have a a Mm for-profit. So I find them all different types of ways. And what's really interesting is once I got kind of past the 20 episode mark, they sort of just started falling in front of me because one story would lead to another and another story would lead to another. And even the girl inside with the documentary that kind of opened my eyes to the incarcerated population. And I started seeing opening my eyes more to different stories that had to do with incarceration. And that then turned into a 10 episode um, podcast series of Mm -hmm. women who have different perspectives on the issue of incarceration specifically with regards to women so it's all different types of ways yeah we deal with a lot of women um and incarceration and what we do from like human trafficking or um you know we had a conversation about domestic violence and then it's 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 interesting when you really pay attention to not now not to say that all women are innocent um, because some women do some things but there is a large number of women um that are incarcerated who are human trafficked or um defended themselves against their abuser or you know just things like that and they don't really have any resources and it's a movie out on uh, netflix made i've heard about that and that is so good so when people ask me questions about why don't they do this and why can't they do that i'm like go watch made because that kind of sums it up but um you know, thanks for for bringing that out to the forefront and really having those discussions, because, as you said, it was difficult to get the clearance. People just don't have access to them. And then you just listen to what you're told and not really hear things from their perspective. And yeah. I think, too, like a lot of women want to have a voice, want to share their stories or, you know, just be out there and you're giving them an opportunity, kind of like what we're trying to do, giving them an opportunity to to share their story and you're doing it in a respectful, like empathetic way. You know, you're really just about be raw, be honest. And, and I'm, I'm just here to, you know, give you a voice or help you share your voice is what I mean. 
It's just creating so. the platform, and it's exactly yeah. what you all are doing too through your work. It's just mm-hmm. creating a space where women and everyone can just feel comfortable and confident to share their stories. And there's so much power in storytelling too. We all have a story to tell, mm-hmm. even the dark things. And you know what I learned even through this professor, she was teaching the storytelling class to incarcerated women, and many of them had never told their story before. They didn't know how to, and yeah. I think that's that really is going on a lot in our culture as we see on social media. And I think everybody can relate to that. We don't know how to talk about things we've been through, especially the difficult things, right? Like the things that we've struggled through, but learning how to tell that. And you see these women, these five incarcerated women that were in the girl inside, they came alive through this class because it was the first time that someone actually taught them. Like, let's talk about when you were a little kid. What do you remember? What mm-hmm. what were your hopes and dreams? Like, let's remember the, the beautiful, positive things. And these women, it was this whole journey where learning how to tell their story, it revived the girl inside. It revived the person that they were created to be. And so I think that just goes to, I think we can point even toward, towards your work and say, just creating that space can have transformative power. Yeah, because a lot of people don't believe that they, you know, especially if they've gone through trauma, like, they start to devalue themselves. Mm-hmm. And I've heard people, you know, and oh, why don't you talk about, I don't want to talk about, like nobody wants to hear what I have to say. But the uniqueness about us all is that we all have something to say. And the power in what we do is being able to pull that out of people. And it's just amazing when you see the transformation from how a person came in and then you let them tell their story, you listen to their story, you're excited to hear their story and the self-esteem boost that that causes. Um, and then those people sometimes just really sort of go to, you know, greater heights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It encourages others too. Yeah. Like when we tell stories and I even think about uh, Rachel Denhollander and um, your colleague, Trine, and like when you get one woman to tell their story and everything that, that was revealed about Larry Nasser raised up an army. And so I think the power that one person has, and even though it can be really difficult sometimes to talk about those traumas or difficulties that you go through in life, it can inspire and empower others to tell their stories too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like to push for it. Um, hmm. So you're nominated for an Emmy. Yes. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank on that you again. so much. Yeah. I, I want to see it. Um, yeah. When can and, you see this? <laughs> yeah. It's on YouTube. I'll send it's it to you. Awesome. I'll send you the link. Yeah. yeah I want to see it. And, and, and that's great work. Um, and you know what? And, and it's something that you see it. That just resonates with me because everybody feels like you have to just know what you're doing all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have a feeling and things start falling in your lap and you're just able to do it and you just go for it and not really question yourself. Um, so that was, you know, look, at it started with you from I'm just going to do a couple of episodes to now I'm nominated for a whole Emmy. Yeah. And you're really like breaking down doors for people mm-hmm. and exposing people's um, stories and sharing with everybody. And, and, you know, that's healing in itself. So, you know, thank you for what you do, too. Thank Thank you you. for caring. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you for finding gaps and and just really going in places that most people don't want to go into um, because hopefully this catches and and people will want to hear more about incarcerated people. Um, Sometimes they're just tossed to the side because Mm -hmm. they made some decisions or, you know, some choices that weren't in their favor. Um, But what I've noticed in working with people that are incarcerated or people with addiction or things like that is that there's a whole story behind this. And if we as a society can really listen to the things that they're talking about and the things that got them there, 
and show, you know, empathy and sympathy for them and understand and work with them, uh, we're going to create better people and create a better society, too. Because in some of these instances, um, had we had a better society, they would have never been in there in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so we all make mistakes, and, and some of us have probably not gotten caught. I'm not going to say everybody out here is innocent, but I just really appreciate that you didn't discount and really want to bring these stories to life and, and bring color to them. And, you know, hopefully um, it catches and it helps. Thank you. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about um, your plans for the future with One Girl Revolution. Like, do you have some new series that you're going to start up? Or, or tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I feel like I'm right in the midst of a big crossroads. I don't really know what the future holds. It's one of those things. I don't have the map in front of me, but mm-hmm. so many things are happening with the podcast, which has been really great. Um, and I, I'm you know, in the midst of this incarceration and women series. That was a topic that I never had really envisioned at the beginning. I never thought like, oh, because I personally didn't have any connection to the incarcerated population really. But then I just sort of stumbled into it. And I think back to what you were saying, Sharon, it's like great to it's so important to open your eyes to populations that you don't often see. And that was a forgotten about population that I felt like needed to be um, needed to be looked into. So I definitely want to continue to work on that issue. I have a second documentary that's in post-production, totally different story, Uh, a woman based out of Milwaukee, and Detroit born and raised, moved to Milwaukee and opened a restaurant, and she hires people that no one else will hire. So she hires pregnant women, people coming out of jail and prison, kids that are being targeted by drug dealers. She's like, hey, if I can pay them 20 bucks to run run an errand, I'm going to do that. That's great. And her story, so we had filmed, actually filmed that before The Girl Inside, before the Cook County documentary. And just with COVID and everything, it kind of turned everything upside down. So we ended up releasing the Cook County documentary first. Um, But her story actually got even more incredible because we filmed her bustling restaurant before COVID. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit. Her restaurant shut down like everybody else is. Well, what this woman did is she ended up closing her restaurant down to customers. Nobody could get takeout, and she was solely feeding people in need. She posted on Facebook, and she said, hey, I have enough food in my refrigerator at the restaurant to make 80 meals. Come and get it. No questions asked. Show up at the restaurant and tell me how many meals you need. Well, of course... Those meals were gone in two seconds. Mm-hmm. But then she started, people started hearing about it, donating to her, donating financially. Other restaurants jumped in and said, hey, I'll jump in and help. This woman is amazing. She ended up feeding 115,000 people during wow. the pandemic. Wow. Her restaurant still to this day is closed unless you are in need. Wow. Um, and she was hiring restaurants that were struggling. So she was paying them whatever, a couple of dollars per meal. So she's hiring restaurants, keeping them afloat, hiring their people, keeping them afloat. She was hiring Uber drivers who weren't working during the pandemic to deliver meals to the elderly, to deliver meals to stay-at-home moms, anybody that couldn't get to the restaurant. And so... I think that's the gift, too, of, like, not trying to control things, you know, and I I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was like, well, we'll release this other documentary first. I don't really know what's going on, and it, what a gift that I had done that. So we went back earlier this year to film the second part of her story mm-hmm. um, where she was delivering meals and had all these amazing people delivering meals. So 
That's the second documentary, so I'm hoping that it'll wow. come out in the next couple of months. We're kind of in the final wow. stages, so it'd be amazing if we could get it out right around the time of the Emmys. Um, so the Emmys is December 5th, mm-hmm. um, so that's obviously a big Are date. Are you be attending? It's all virtual, so oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had big hopes and dreams to go, but... Uh, I might do a I might do a party here in Detroit. So if I do, you guys are definitely invited. Sweet. Um, a watch that. party. Um, but yeah, so there's like a lot of things in the works. I have some big hopes and dreams for a space in Detroit. So we'll see it's kind of starting to fall into place. Um, a creative collaborative space that would be open to really kind of focused on this telling stories and getting helping elevate voices mm-hmm. and people that aren't heard. So um, lots of good things in the works. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. Awesome. And and how can listeners of our podcast um, connect with your podcast? Yeah. So the One Girl Revolution podcast. It's the number one girl revolution. Um, is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can also check us out at onegirlrevolution.com. So the number onegirlrevolution.com. And then we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at One Girl Revo. So any of those ways people can find us. And the documentary is on our website, onegirlrevolution.com. Awesome. awesome. So, so everybody just remember, for everybody with hopes and dreams and all of that, one idea can lead to like mountains of things. So never limit yourself. If you have an idea, go with it. If it fails, guess what? You learn something and you do it again. No means find another way to get a yes. And so never limit yourself and always know that one small idea where, where, where you think is a small idea could actually turn to huge things and help a lot and a lot of people. Yes. Um, okay. And we're going to wrap up today with our lightning round. It's my favorite round because we get to know you a little bit more on a personal level and just have fun with some questions. So my first question is, what are your three favorite restaurants here in Detroit? Ooh, um, well, I love Mexican town, so I will give a shout out to uh, Los Galanes is my favorite there, but all of them are great. Um, We talk about food a lot, as most of our listeners know, so it's important that we share these really helpful. uh, Right. It's important. It's important. We're we're big on food here in Detroit. So I would say that. Let's see. I mean, Mercury Bar. I love a good oh, burger. Good burger. Like sometimes you just need a burger and tots. Is Mercury <laughs> Bar still open? Yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah. Strawberry shake. Yeah. Okay. And then, oh gosh, what third? Uh, there's just so many. I have. I'm like flooding through my head of different restaurants. Um, <laughs> right. I know. I know. It's like all the different. Yeah. I hang out in Corktown <laughs> and Mexican Town. Um, yeah, I can't. I mean, I love the Highlands. I was trying to take a friend there last night just to see oh, like cool. the overview of. Mm-hmm. I've never eaten at the restaurant, but I think that's such a cool, it's good. Yeah. such a cool spot just to go and pretty good hang oasis. out and oversee everything. Yeah. So I'd say the Highlands. Cool. Okay. And um, what what do you love to do for self care? Like apart from this passion you have for One Girl Revolution and the podcast, like what are some things you like to do on your downtime? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, and I definitely didn't do any of that when I, like, for the first two years, which I think anybody <laughs> who's starting something they can totally relate to, yes. where it's like you just feel Absolutely. like you're drinking out of a fire hose. But a couple months ago, I heard a podcast interview with Oprah, mm-hmm. and it was Kristen Bell was interviewing Oprah for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And Oprah talked about how every morning she wakes up, she makes a cup of tea. Goes and sits by her window. Of course, she lives on the ocean. So she's overlooking the ocean, which is a luxury that I don't have. But 
Um, she sits and looks at the ocean for 20 minutes, just peaceful, listening to music, like something, whatever, reading, writing, whatever she wants to do without picking up her phone. Mm -hmm. And that was something a couple months ago I started doing. And that's been so helpful just to like wake up, not look at my phone right away and just like sit and be, whether it's sitting in, you know, a comfy chair or sitting at my dining room table and just being. Um, and then another thing that I learned being in the creative space, you can also, it can just be so exhausting because your brain is constantly thinking. And so I've started like once every weekend for at one time, I'll go for like an hour and just sit in a coffee shop without my laptop and sit there and same thing, like read really or write. Yeah, I just be like thinking about brainstorming things or if there's kind of a big project that I'm trying to tackle or a podcast episode that I have coming up, you know, especially with this incarceration series or so many deep things that I'm dealing with. It can be it can just be exhausting. And then really trying to figure out how to ask the right questions or how do you cover something in a particular way. So I just give myself that space away from, you know, being in my office and being at my computer. That that sounds really nice. I think cool. it's important to sit down and, and um, I've been doing a lot of practicing myself with like eating with intention. So a lot of times like if I'm grabbing my dinner at night, I might have my phone. I'm scrolling on Instagram while I'm eating. And I've been working on um, actually sitting down at a table with my meal mm-hmm. and just really enjoying it and experiencing mm-hmm. all of the senses, smell, taste, mm-hmm. all that. And um, it seems to be uh, – it, it just feels better. You know, you make all – you spend all this time making a meal and then you're on your phone like scrolling or watching TV while eating it and it takes away from it. So yeah. I can totally relate to that piece. Um, and your last question would be at the end of the day with everything going on, how busy you are and all the passion that you put into this podcast, um, what keeps bringing you back every day, keep, make, keeps you moving forward and wanting to keep going? I'll be really honest with you and tell you that This podcast and this platform is called One Girl Revolution, and a lot of times it feels very isolating, and I think everybody can relate to that. The world can feel so isolating, and sometimes you're like sitting there. I've sat there and been like, why am I doing this? It's so much work. I'm writing all the content. I'm updating the website. I'm interviewing the people. I'm editing the things. You know, I'm doing all the different things, and why am I doing this? And every single time I remind myself of five-year-old Lily who makes coloring books for children in hospitals or um, Katie Steller who does haircuts for those experiencing homelessness in Minnesota. And I like start – if I ever need to be reminded, I just start looking through this whole list of incredible women who – they feel isolated too. You know, they have moments where they probably are like, why am I doing this? Nobody even cares, you know, or you do something for someone and, and they, you know, seem not grateful. Um, I know a lot of the women that I've, that I've interviewed, they've had these kind of rough situations, but I just think about these women and I think about the media and we see so much going on, uh, um, on the news constantly, but we don't hear these stories, these authentic stories. You know, you watch the, the news and if they have a story of a woman or a girl it's 15 seconds like tell your life story in 15 seconds mm-hmm. like how do you tell that and of course mm-hmm. they're going to edit it so i think there's such a need for people and their voices and that's what ke- keeps me going and thinking about these these women in cook county jail how uh, much their life changed just from a simple story their own story and then encouraging others um, through those stories that's what keeps me going awesome awesome well, well, thank you for joining us today. 
we're uh, going to go watch this Emmy nominated. <laughs> we're going to project that it's going to win. And we're going to go watch this and enjoy it and spread the word. Look forward to doing more projects with you. Thank you for everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you for joining us today. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, everybody stay safe. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank this is you. awesome. Yeah.